0: Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bowman, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of the School of Humanity. This is Rachel Bowman. We're here with my husband, Jason Bowman. Hello. And um, we have been so excited to continue talking about these and talk about the uh, rules of discernment from, are they called the rules of discernment? Why am I having problems right now with my brain? It is rules of discernment, right? Yes. Rules. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Discernment of spirits. Discernment of spirits. That's what you're looking for. (laughs) What does he call, does he still call them rules of discernment? Why do I feel like that's not what they're called? Um, yeah, um, are they called spiritual? Ex- no, spiritual exercises is different. Yes, we've just confused everyone that's listening. Anyway, <laughs> these are based on the four- 14 rules of discernment from St. Ignatius of Loyola. And we are actually using a book called The Discernment of Spirits by Father Timothy Gallagher. And so, we are actually tonight going to start on rule five. Um, and it's a rule on spiritual desolation. So rules one through four are really kind of instructive rules, right? Um, kind of laying the foundation for the rules where you get to take action. So, um, just like when you take a class and they t- kind of like teach you the basics of whatever's going down right, right? and then you get to do the really hard, cool stuff after that. So rules one through four instruction and now we get to go a little bit more into desolation. And so rules five through eight are when we are already in desolation itself. And so rule five is what not to do. And rule six through eight are what we should do. So tonight we're going to talk about what, what not to do. And I think something really beautiful would be to uh, mention this awesome. Each, each chapter of the,
1: the Sermon of Spirits.
0: Thank you by Father Timothy Gallagher, starts (laughs) out with a beautiful quote. And so the quote for this rule, for rule five, is when the morning's freshness has been replaced by the weariness of midday, when the leg muscles quiver under the strain, the climb seems endless, and suddenly nothing will go quite as you wish. It is then that you must not hesitate. It's beautiful. So this rule five give you the text says the fifth rule in time of desolation never make a change but be firm and constant in the proposals and determination in which one was the day preceding such desolation or in the determination in which one was in the preceding consolation because as in consolation the good spirit guides and counsels us more so, in desolation, the bad spirit, with whose counsels we cannot find the way to a right decision. So true. So, the very important part of this rule is to never make a change during desolation.
1: Yeah, and we're always so tempted to because there's. I mean, wouldn't you say, like, when you're desolate, there's a lot of emotion? You right, know, there's for a lot sure. of, like irrationality Uh, yeah and so you're just so quick to um to just quit basically you know because doing good you know oftentimes can be uh hard you know it's a cross many times and so it's very easy to put down that cross when all of a sudden your hope is gone and you find yourself just uh, down about life and we see it a lot in our kids like we talk about
0: Yeah, kids are a really good example, I think, because (laughs) when we are facing immense desolation, immense consolation, I think we can always look back and go, wow, I was kind of acting like a baby (laughs) during that time. Um, At least for me, I say that a lot when I look back at how Jason acts. Not really how... That's so true. (laughs) Man, Jason's such a baby. (laughs) 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 But it's really awesome how... He explains this in here, and it's so good to to remember that desolation. Of course, like we said, can be non spiritual and spiritual, right? And so that we cannot, you can't confuse those things here. Like for instance, if you have an aching shoulder pain, um, you don't want to confuse that non spiritual desolation and say, you know what, I'm just gonna keep on making the decision that I had to. To throw out that first pitch at the baseball game that I promised I would do, and just deal with this pain, right? Because God's calling me for perseverance right now. <laughs> that's true. Because um, that's a non-spiritual thing. We are talking about spiritual matters, things that that influence your relationship with God. So, and you also don't want to take on something that could injure you, something that is unhealthy for you.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I don't know about you what comes to mind with me and I think probably a lot of people is like our work life because right we all live in that work a day world which oftentimes is so demanding and overwhelming
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and so you're always thinking about that work-life balance and
0: yeah I mean I think actually a really good example is uh Jason spends spends likes to spend a holy hour right and um and that's not like a Okay, I have, to, I have to admit something here. When I first became Catholic, I thought that holy hour was just kind of like this fancy thing that you guys use just for praying. And that it didn't really mean an hour. Like I thought that holy hour. <laughs> I just thought you guys just like being super <laughs> well, fancy. It doesn't have to mean an
1: hour. Well, I mean,
0: you know what I mean. I just thought that.
1: <laughs> an hour would be great though.
0: <laughs> but um, so it doesn't mean that.
1: Not necessarily. I mean, I don't know that everyone times it every time they go in to, you know, have some wow. silent prayer. You're
0: totally going to get in trouble for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Catholics everywhere unite. Holy hour is a holy hour. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Jason likes to have a holy hour, and so you were doing that in the morning. Right. Right. So he likes to do that before work. So that means that you go out there. Uh, and by out there, I mean, we have a prayer room. So out there at like five thirty, 30, mm-hmm. um, and spend your five minutes to an hour. Cause apparently holy hour is buried. Um, <laughs> and, um <laughs> wow. and, and spend it in prayer. But like, if, if you got home repeatedly for like three or four nights at like one thirty in the morning, cause there was a couple of nights last week that Jason worked pretty late and and so it was like one thirty in the morning. It would be unhealthy for you to maintain right. the decision yeah. you made in consolation. And
1: I think that's like there's a, a matter of prudence there. I mean, some people may be able to pull that off. But I I know myself.
0: And uh, if- Jason, listen, this is where you're like a baby. So it's like either if, if Jason's <laughs> right. grumpy, it's because he needs food or sleep.
1: <laughs> listen, I'm a man, okay? Um No, but I mean, I used to, I mean, I think what you're driving at is that it would have been previously like a big point of contention, you know, and it might even ruin my entire day because I was like, whether or not I I got it in, you know, was whether or not I failed as a person, you know, so then if I didn't manage to, you know, get up uh, to do it, then, you know, your whole day's in desolation and like right. you know, you your failure. It to be, and you,
0: you're so you're super tired, which is non-spiritual desolation. Right. And then you go, well, rule five says that I have to persevere in every decision that I made. Right. right. So I still have to get up and pray in the morning, even though I'm exhausted. Right. And so that's that's really how this rule is misapplied.
1: Yeah. Well, um, and the other example, um, like when it comes to work, for example it may in fact be that your work-life balance is off. You know, Um, Father Timothy Gallagher talks about that. You shouldn't persevere in a situation in life that is unhealthy for you in a non-spiritual way. Meaning, you know, if you're constantly in non-spiritual desolation, then maybe something needs to change. You don't need to persevere in that job that you absolutely hate or, you know... Uh, That keeps you from your family. You know, there may be something that does, in fact, need to change there. Um, So don't get it confused with spiritual desolation and just persevere in an unhealthy situation. Right. You know. Um,
0: It's true. So So the book gives a really awesome example here of um, spiritual desolation and uh, applying this rule of a guy named David. Um, David, if you're listening, we're not talking about you. This is a, this is a hypothetical character. So David is the pastor of a parish. So
1: I guess he'd be father David. then. Father
0: David. Yeah. Which is kind of strange that they don't refer to him as father David in the book, but, um, this should be a very ecumenical book. So right, maybe they just David, David, who is yeah. the pastor of a parish, um, and he is, he gets asked by someone to run a retreat there at the parish. And at first, he's going to say no. Like he's, but he said he would just pray about it. So he prays about it for a few days, decides that he is at peace with saying yes to this. Mm-hmm. He says yes to this, and immediately consolations start happening. Like he starts to feel re-energized spiritually and also pastorally, you know, yep. getting to do this for the his Affirmations parish. are yeah, coming. Yeah, so affirmations yep. are coming. And then three days before the retreat, he has to deal with a difficult situation at the parish. Um, you can all use your imaginations there cause it doesn't explain what that difficult situation is there in the book, but, um, deals with a difficult situation with a large group of people. And some of those people vocalize to him openly. They disagree with his approach. Right. So immediately now that is non-spiritual desolation. Okay. So people are, there's conflict. So this non-spiritual desolation happens and then he goes to pray that night at his normal time, and he can't pray. He's just disturbed still in his spirit of what happened and starts to question everything. You know, maybe I'm just not good at dealing with conflicts. Maybe I shouldn't be a pastor. You know, I really shouldn't do this retreat. We should definitely postpone the retreat. And so that is an example of uh, not doing the right thing here Mm -hmm. you know because now it has become you know I'm not worthy of of my identity Mm -hmm. you know his identity is being challenged um I don't really feel like called by God right now you know right God wouldn't call me into a situation that I'm bad at type of thing and then he decides to make a change
1: right yeah I mean and again like we said last week I think that you know, it's hard for me to think of an example when we go into spiritual desolation that our identity isn't the core of what's been challenged. Because here you right. have a, a pastor, you know, he has gone through let's say seminary for eight years and he's been a priest for long enough to become a pastor, you know, so you would think a man of such you know, spiritual practice and, and you know, experience if you will, could never have such a, a time, but I mean he is he is questioning his very vocation and his very identity. So All of a, a sudden minute. you know, he's am I am I a pastor? You know, am I
0: Are you telling me that there's not like a certain amount of time of perseverance that the enemy just gives up on us? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's like after twelve years of perseverance, the enemy's like, All right, well, you've made it twelve years. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you do your thing be holy no yeah no okay so that's disappointing
1: it is disappointing
0: uh-huh. okay go ahead <laughs> have you had a situation where you felt like you were in desolation and what happened like where a decision came up where you had a, you thought about giving up on something and
1: yeah um so making a big change. Right. Like that. So I have a couple of them. The, f- the first one that I would talk about is is a big one, which was, you know, has to do with my vocation. First of all, so um, I'm discerning the diaconate. Woo, and diaconate. Um, the permanent diaconate, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: and you for uh, that
1: clarification. And it's been beautiful, and there were so many affirmations in the beginning um so many things you know from our young adults affirming me and then you and then when we went to you
0: the listener okay that was for me right um. <laughs>
1: our psychological evaluation went so well there was so <laughs> We're many um, <laughs> beautiful affirmations from the lord uh, in prayer and things like that and um so it's the night before uh, our first discernment meeting with the diocese as a group. Right. Um, I'm excited, you know, it's like the, the first, <laughs> we're taking the next step for, we filled out all of the, you know, application forms and all that stuff. And, uh, it's like 1130 or almost midnight. I feel like, <laughs> cause we had things to do. And then I see like a pregnancy test on the counter, which, you know, <laughs> we're Catholic. We do NFP of course. And so seeing a pregnancy test is not crazy, out of norm you know, out of the norm, right. but nevertheless, something struck me about it, you know, <laughs> seeing it there. And then I don't know what it was. I guess you were just being really quiet but as you're getting in bed. It was like, I knew you were pregnant. And so I asked you what did I say. I was like, you said, what's wrong? I said, is anything, everything okay? What's wrong? Yeah. And your response was, don't get upset. <laughs> I immediately sat up, and my hands went on my forehead. My he- head was down <laughs> towards my lap, and I think I was silent for a good minute. You were, you were definitely I silent was for just a good minute. An absolute. <laughs>
0: Jason was. Jason had entered into immediate spiritual desolation. <laughs> it wasn't an easing into it, uh, which is
1: not okay. I mean, it's almost um, shameful that you would go into desolation at such beautiful news, you know? Right. Because my first vocation. You know, is my vocation, and and uh, and so it's so exciting, you know. Um, but you know, I was so hyped up on the diaconate that I couldn't see it, you know. Right. Which was, I think, a beautiful way of the Lord kind of putting me in check, you know. Right. As part of it, you know, it's kind of like remember that this is a vocation within a vocation. Um, right. So, but um, so that desolation brought about, you know. Maybe I'm not called to be a deacon. <laughs> this was all just, you know, something you made up in your head. You probably shouldn't even go to that discernment meeting so tomorrow. Irrational. <laughs> um And I I even asked you that. I was like Yes, he I asked mean, should we that. even go tomorrow? Thank you
0: God. Know? Thank God for my vocation to marriage because there's a lot of times when one of us is totally irrational and the other one can be like, Okay, listen. Yeah. The sky is blue. The grass is green. Relax. Like, just just get it together. Oh, no,
1: it was definitely your, yeah. your, you know. Um,
0: <laughs> There's not a lot of times when I'm the rational one. So it was yeah, really nice. Yeah, it was
1: your rationale. It was your affirmation that we can still do this that definitely um, kept us on track. So thank God.
0: Yeah, so Jason, <laughs> he, he, you know, after his minute of silence, his holy hour. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> Felt like an hour. <laughs>
0: um, after his minute of silence, he, uh, he was like, honey, we just shouldn't even go tomorrow. And I was thinking, really? Like, it's literally like six hours before we get ready to leave the house. And, um, and I said, okay, this is just the discernment year, you know, this is the year when you are discerning whether or not you would like to enter into formation and whether or not, you know, the diocese and, yeah. and all of those that have been appointed to look over us agree that we should enter into formation so we're still going to go tomorrow it's a little irrational <laughs> to not go <laughs> and we had already made all the plans for the kids to be watched and everything
1: yeah. so we did not change we did not during change. desolation but
0: you still even after that first talk in the bedroom. It's oh, I was still, oh yeah, definitely. Can we please talk about, we can't talk about that, but. No, we should. Well, the next day yeah. we go and, um, it was, it was a beautiful day. And so in between one of the sessions, we were talking to some of the other cadres and that cadres being, um, the other classes, the classes ahead of us, um, and, ahead of us. Right. And so, cause all of the, all of the deacons information were there at the same time that weekend. And so we were talking to some of the other couples and they were telling us, you know, how excited they were for us and that, that we were embarking on this new, you know, discernment for us and hopefully into formation. And, um, one of the couples was like, you know, gosh, you know, we, it's incredible. We saw one couple one time get, they got pregnant during this. And could you imagine being pregnant while you're going through formation <laughs> Or discernment. I mean, that would just be so much. And, um, <laughs> and so...
1: It was the first people we talked yes, to. Yes, it was. It.
0: it was totally the first people that we talked to. And so I remember laughing, and we talked about it a little bit more, and we were getting ready to walk back to our seats, and Jason just goes, are you serious? Did they should say that. <laughs> and I said, I was like, yes. It's going to be really awkward for them when yeah. I show up with a big bump here at about yeah. <laughs> eight months. Yeah. But- Oh. you know
1: it, i think it's so beautiful what a statement I mean, I'm proud of it, like it's such right. a beautiful statement to show how it is a vocation within a vocation right. and um
0: and it is for another podcast that you know the 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 i guess the pattern of our lives has been that any time that we have embarked on a new on a new season in our life that the Lord has always given us a little bit of extra, <laughs> yeah, are you sure you wanna do this, yeah. You know,
1: yeah, this is what I have
0: for you.
1: <laughs> well, many times, you know, there's a lot of fruit of persevering through desolation. Right. But usually you come out if you don't change what your plans were when you're in consolation.
0: Exactly. Many times
1: the fruit is just so much more, you know, uh, when you persevere.
0: And this rule, you know, is is one of the most important, you know, out of all of these. Um, even Father Gallagher even says, you know, if you forget all the rules, don't forget this one. Right. You know, if you forget everything, just don't forget this one. And he says that there's two questions that you can ask yourself, you know, am I in a time of spiritual desolation or am I considering a change and am I considering change in a proposal in place before the desolation began? Right. Um, and so to remember also that in desolation, you know, it's the, the biggest reason why you can't make decisions right now is because the bad spirit is counseling you, you know? Right. So things appear cloudy, things can get irrational, because now it's easier for the bad spirit to, d- to counsel you, because you are in desolation, you're in his territory, you know.
1: Yeah, and of course he's going to propose things that are, like, very mundane, like, you shouldn't go in the deaconate program, just relax, you know, right. just, um, I mean, you love, what, playing guitar, you know, you're, you're, you know, he'll get you to compromise, you know. right. And he'll propose things that aren't necessarily bad.
0: Right, exactly. You know, he twists it. Like, even even with the example that they have in here of um, the pastor of the parish, David. Right. He says, in my prayer, in great clarity, I knew that I was not supposed to have this retreat. Right. And so when he started to tell people that, there were people that were very disappointed. It was only three days before. Totally irrational. Right you know and like half the parish was signed up to come and and then he decided you know that he should continue right. and the parish was the whole retreat was amazing
1: right right exactly so he persevered and he persevered. and not changing yeah well, the the other example mm-hmm. that i have now too now that i've decided to you know um uh, continue in in my discernment for the diaconate is, um, so I'm, I'm noticing things more, right? You know, you pay attention to homilies more cause you're going to have to give one one day right. <laughs> or, um, you pay attention to how the deacon does things and, uh, you're involved in ministries more in preparation. So, um, ironically, you know, sometimes when I hear like a really good homily, I'm like, well, I could never, you know, the enemy speaks to me. He's like, you could never do that. You know, you could, uh, I mean, what are you going to say when you get up there, you know? And so there's a challenge there, you know, um, to my, my identity, you know, because if the Lord is calling me to be a deacon, he would certainly not call me to do so and then not give me the words to speak and the heart, the heart from which to speak, you know, um, to his church, you know, to his people. So, that is one of the things, certainly, that, that I see now. If I hear a great homily, I'm always like, oh, boy, can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Um,
0: I think everyone that is listening right now would agree that you could probably give a pretty darn great homily. If the Lord ends up calling you to that. So. Thank you, honey. Thank you. And I hear everyone right now, like on Moana, like, you're awesome. <laughs> Sorry. Um <laughs> But, Maui,
2: Maui, Maui.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the other really beautiful thing that Father Gallagher does with this, because he says this, you know, this is such an important rule, is that it always makes him think of the Hobbit. Oh um, yeah, this is good. Yes, with uh, Lady Galadriel. I wish I could remember what the stuff was in the vial. You know, I don't something? even
1: know if it had a name. I, I don't
0: think it did. I think she. So there's this part in the Hobbit. Where, um, and I am just awful at this, recalling these details, so anyone out there that is a huge Hobbit fan... Yeah, forgive us. ...and that is very upset that I don't know the exact latitude and longitude and place that this Mm -hmm. happened, um, I'm sorry. I apologize in advance.
1: He was with the elves, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. He was staying with the elves.
0: So, lady, I'm not going to even venture out there and state that like it's a fact, because I don't trust myself enough, um, (laughs) but... Lady Galadriel gives. <laughs>
1: I'm pretty. Sh- I'm sure it was. Who was it? I don't even remember.
0: <laughs> Elijah Wood's character. What is his name? This is awful. My pregnant. My pregnant brain does not. I don't know his name. Things. I'm things well. We are not very good at this. Uh, but she gives him. I'm gonna have to look it up now. Thanks a lot. Um. But go ahead, honey.
1: So she gives him like a container, right? It's Mm -hmm. like a flask looking thing um, that has like this.
0: Holy moly. Frodo Baggins.
1: Frodo. So he gives Frodo.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. We need to pause and talk about how bad we are. We would like fail on like the pyramid show where you had to get clues and Jeopardy. Anything with clues, we're done now. They've thrown us out of the show. Anyway, continue, love. (laughs) <laughs> so she gives a, It's a vial.
1: A vial, there we go. With this very bright light in it.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: It looks very mystical and beautiful.
0: <clears throat> and he says, what is this? Mm-hmm. And she says, this is a light when all other lights have gone out. Right. And that's really what rule five is. Yep. That rule five is a light when all other lights have gone out. Even when we've forgotten your name, Frodo, this is... This is the light for when all other lights have now gone out. So for those of you that are now mad at us that are never going to listen to us again because we couldn't remember half of the very good. We couldn't even remember. I couldn't remember what the rules were called.
1: Well, you are pregnant. I mean, that's true. And I'm just tired, I guess. I don't know.
0: (laughs) So sad. Um, But please remember rule five, which is to what, Honey
1: never change
0: amidst desolation to never make a change right so remember the things to ask yourself am I in a time of spiritual desolation and am I considering changing a spiritual proposal that was in place before the desolation began and then next week when we get into the sixth rule and we start moving into the things that you can actually do Jason was pretty anxious because you were like when do you get to do something? Right. Like, it's, a, it's the next rule. I mean, you don't
1: change anything, but you can do things.
0: Yes, but that's rule six. Okay. All right. Unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening and um, and, and sticking with us. You know, 12 episodes, that's a lot. Yeah. We love you guys, though. So. What were you going to say?
1: Well, I was going to add one last thing, if Go I was, ahead, was okay.
0: Yes. As long as you can remember all the facts and the characters' names.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just wanted to emphasize just how important it is that you don't... Like, when you find yourself in a time of desolation, a time where you question your relationship with God, or you question whether you've... Um, who you are, try to recognize that the enemy has is trying to set this seed in your heart that you are not worthy, you know, and that uh, you're not the beautiful image of God that you really are. Um, So next time you're in desolation, know that the enemy is challenging your identity and just ignore him. Ignore that and remember the decisions you made in consolation. Actually, when you practice this, it becomes easier. It does. It actually becomes easier. At first, it's very hard. Um, and next week, we'll talk about the things that you can do when you're in desolation to persevere in it and to um, to get out of it. Amen. Amen.
0: Have a good week. God bless. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bowman. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org, and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.